Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. John chapter 17, verse 6 through 12. These are a few verses that I read impromptu last week. This is when Jesus is praying before his crucifixion, and he's talking, his prayer is about his disciples. He says, I've manifested your name to the men whom you have given me. Everybody say, given me. The men that you've given me out of the world, they were yours. I'm thankful that I am his. You gave me them, and I kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from. For I have given to them the words which you have given me. And thou have received them and have known them. And you have known surely that I came forth from you. And, excuse me, and they have believed that you sent me. I prayed for them and I do not pray for the world, but I pray for those whom you have given me. That's very interesting to me. That kind of that kind of throws a wrench in the system. For they are yours and are mine, and all mine are yours. But I want to go back up. It says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but I pray for those whom you have given me. I know I gave you more in the back, but I want to stop right there. Why don't you grab the hand of your neighbor next to you? And we need the Lord tonight. We need the Lord to move in here tonight. We felt good. We've had great worship. But I believe the Lord has more for us. Amen. So if you agree with me and you agree with your neighbor, why don't we go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to minister to us in this house tonight. Lord, we stand in need of your touch. We stand in need of your voice. Uh, We stand in need of a sovereign move of your Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray tonight, Lord, that we leave this place differently than we came, Jesus. Uh, Lord, I pray tonight that you open our ears to hear your word. Uh, I pray, Lord, that you change our hearts, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, I pray that the change that happens tonight is not by the manipulation of my words, but I pray it's by the moving of your spirit tonight, Lord. Change us. Never let us be the same, Lord. Let us view this world differently. Let us view your calling for us differently after tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen and give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you're seated. Amen. You may be seated. Good to see Brother McMahon on the front row. He screams real loud when I preach and it's going to be a little bit louder tonight too. We talked about the verses that I read last week, but let me remind you that not one time did Jesus talk about in this prayer in John chapter 17 about miracles, about signs, and about wonders, but he talked about the disciples that he had made. He only mentioned people he had spent the majority of the last three years with. And let me remind this church tonight that we are instructed to follow Jesus at all costs. Just as Jesus handpicked his disciples and told them to follow me, let the dead bury the dead, and and, and all of that that we've talked about, it is just as important for this church in the year 2015 to follow Jesus at all all cost. If you have to forsake something else, forsake the things of this world. As for me and my house, we are choosing to follow Jesus. If they make fun of us, if they ridicule us, if they laugh at us behind our back, or or maybe if you join us, we are going to follow Jesus. No matter what comes our way, we are going to follow Jesus. And if you're going to do that with me, can you say amen? 
Last week we talked about the need for us to be available to the cause of Christ. And this week I want to further talk about that. But more specifically I want to challenge us and inspire us. And hopefully the Holy Ghost can convict us to make disciples. Three weeks ago we talked about just the subject of follow me, follow Jesus. Last week we talked about following Jesus. And the only way that we can effectively follow Jesus, as the scripture says, is for us to be available for his call on our life. And this week, uh, I want to tell you that his call on our life is to go and make disciples. Uh, His call on our life is to go and find the hurting in the world, uh, to find those that are lost and strung out on nicotine and drugs and alcohol with marital problems and suicidal thoughts, uh, and we are to bring them uh, and show them Jesus. Uh, Let me tell you tonight, I'm fired up uh, about showing this city Jesus. Uh, I am fired up about filling this sanctuary up, uh, and it's not not for egotistical reasons, but I'm fired up about people getting in contact with Jesus. I'm fired up about lives being changed, and I'm glad I got two of you that are fired up with me. Just two of you, but we're going to do it. Scripture says we're two or three, agree on any one thing, touching anything. You see, we are surrounded by people. Uh, we are surrounded by people who need Jesus. Uh, our family needs Jesus. Uh, our friends need Jesus. Uh, our coworkers need Jesus. Uh, the, our peers that we go to school with need Jesus. Uh, our enemies need Jesus. Uh, everyone that walks the face of this earth is in need of a man named Jesus. Uh, they are in need of a man named Jesus. Jesus who hung on a tree and died for their sins. They are in need of the blood of Jesus Christ that can turn the blackest of sin, the filthiest of actions, the biggest pervert, the biggest thief, no matter what his sin is, can turn that black sin white as snow. And I'm thankful that his blood turned my life white as snow. See, God has followed uh, these people. He, God has allowed these people to be in our life uh, so that we can impact their life uh, and direct them to Jesus. Uh, the friends that you have that are not saved, uh, they are not your friends so you can be like the world, uh, but they are your friends so you can lead them to Jesus. Uh, you have influence in their life, uh, whether you realize it or not, whether you be outgoing or shy, whether you be a leader or a follower, because you have uh, the spirit of Jesus Christ uh, living in you. You have the authority to lead them to Jesus. You have the authority on your workplace to tell them about Jesus Christ and how he died for their sins. We have authority to do that in Jesus' name. As disciples of Jesus, we are his representatives. Say, I am a representative. I am a representative. We are all representatives. Uh, Every one of us in the room, everyone who is a blood-bought believer is a representative uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, It's not just for the super-Christians. We're not, uh, 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 they're not the representatives. Uh, It's not for preachers and people who work around a church. Uh, They aren't the representatives. Uh, But it is for everyone to be representatives uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, We must represent him everywhere that we go with every word that we say and every thought uh, that we think we must represent Jesus. Uh, You see, it's not the responsibility of the church uh, as an institution to represent Jesus. uh, But it 
is the responsibility of the church as individuals uh, to represent Jesus. Uh, You see this evening, how are people in your home, in your workplace, or or in your school going to hear about Jesus uh, unless they hear you talk about them? How are people in your school, in your home, or in your workplace going to see Jesus unless they see him in you? How are people going to experience the love of Jesus unless they see that love in you? How are people going to see the peace in the middle of a storm unless they see you with peace in the middle of your storm? How will they see unless they see it in you? Will they see Jesus in movies? Will they see Jesus in TV shows? Will they see Jesus on the internet? Will they see Jesus in politics? Or will they see Jesus in corporate America? I say a big no to every list, every item on the list that I mentioned. The only way they will see Jesus is through you. And then when they get a glimpse of Calvary, this world does not need to see you, but they need to see the God in you. This world does not need to hear your voice, but they need to hear the word of God flowing through you. How will people see Jesus' unending love, his perfect patience? How will they see all of this unless uh, they see it in you? This evening, I'm convinced more than I've ever been before that God has placed people in our lives uh, who are hungry for more of God. Uh, I know they might not act like it, uh, but I stand before you convinced and burdened that people that you work with want what you have. Uh, they might not want the house that you have or the car that, uh, or the car that you drive but they want the peace speaker that you know and call by name. They need the peace and the comfort of Almighty God to come and heal their marriages. They need the blood of Jesus Christ to flow over their minds. I am more convinced of this than ever. I'm more convinced than I've ever been before that these people who God has placed in our lives and in our circles of influence, if they don't see Jesus in us, where are they going to see it? My prayer is that people see Jesus in me. My prayer is that people hear Jesus from me. My prayer is that people experience the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ because I'm not ashamed to share it. We can't be timid. We can't be fearful, but we must walk boldly. Come on, somebody, believe it with me. We got to have a holy boldness to spread the gospel. I'm thankful that we have a couple here uh, this evening that experienced the new birth this morning. I'm thankful, and they sit on the back row, and they've been mentioned a lot tonight, and I don't want to embarrass them, but there's more people in this city that need Jesus. There's more people in your friend group that need Jesus. We can no longer skirt or evade our responsibilities to show the world Jesus. We've gotten so comfortable and complacent with coming to church and doing church that we forgot to be the church. We've gotten comfortable singing our songs, and I love our songs that we sing tonight. I'm thankful for talented people. We come to church and we teach our Sunday school class, and I'm thankful that my kids have awesome Sunday school teachers. But we've got too busy at church that where we can't get out in the world and be the church. But let me challenge you and let me tell this church that's changing this year in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
We might not see it yet, but these altars will be full of people seeking the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. These altars will be full of people running and throwing their nicotine and their alcohol and their pornography and other addictions in Jesus' name. That's what the church is for. The church isn't here to make you feel good. The church is not here to scratch your itch. The church is here so that a God in heaven can reach over the balconies of heaven and heal us of our sin and turn us from our wicked ways. Thank you, Jesus. The world we live in is longing to see a demonstration of the power of God in their life. Uh, Our culture is hungry. You hear me tonight. Maybe you're not seeing what I'm seeing. Maybe you've turned a blind eye. Maybe you've become calloused. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you haven't. Uh, I don't know how you see and what you see, but this world is hungry. The city of Conroe is hungry for what we have. Uh, North Houston is hungry and is primed, ready for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I'm tired of talking about the book of Acts. I'm tired of talking about Azusa Street. I'm ready to see it in my altars. I'm ready to see it in my church. I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to see it. We've talked about it for so long that we've got calloused, and it's obvious by our response tonight. But I pray tonight God can rip the calluses off of our spiritual coats, off of our spiritual feet, if you will, and we can feel and we can be the feet of Jesus, and we can take the gospel to North Houston. You hear me tonight? You hear me tonight? If we don't do it, he'll raise up a church that does do it, and I want to be a part of the church church. I want to be a part of life change. If you don't do it, that's fine. That's between you and God. But as for me and my house, as for me and my church, the majority of us around here is made up on our mind that we're going to spread this gospel. We're going to teach Bible studies. We might not have ever done it before, but this year, this month, this week, next week, we're going to teach a Bible study. We're going to teach someone about the oneness of the Godhead that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. He is one Lord. There is only one God, and his name is Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. People have seen and heard enough of churchgoers. People in our circle of influence have heard enough of our church's views on political issues, on things like abortion and every other moral issue that we can come up with. No matter how right we are in the stances that we have and and the views that we hold, that doesn't change the fact that the world is tired of hearing our views. They don't want to hear our views, but they want to experience our God. They want to experience the God of creation. I believe that we must be, I believe that we must live every part of our life according to the good book. We must live a moral conservative life. We must be morally, we must be morally pure. We must be financially conservative in every way that we can imagine. Socially, we must be conservative. But more than that, we must fall in love with Jesus. I don't want to fall in love with the letter of the law but I want to fall in love and live according to the spirit of the law. You hear me tonight. It's getting quiet, but we got to live according to the spirit of this book. We have to put it on our lives and live it every day. 
the church doesn't care about our, excuse me, the world doesn't care anymore about our view of abortion or same-sex marriage. They don't care how we see things, but they want to see the God that we see. They want to see our view of Calvary. They want to see our view of the blood of Jesus Christ. They want to see our view of the baptistry. They want to see our view of speaking in tongues. I'm here to tell you tonight that the world is hungry and they're looking for somebody and are you going to be that somebody that answers the call? I wonder what would happen if we turned our political, moral, and social conversations uh, with all of our circles of friends, uh, if we turned those conversations uh, to humanity's view of a Savior. We don't need a Republican president. Uh, We don't need a Republican congressman. Uh, What we need is a Savior. We don't need a Democrat. Uh, We don't need an independent. Uh, We don't need any of this. Uh, We don't need Saudi Arabia to quit doing what they're doing in the oil and gas industry, even though it's hurt more than anything we need a savior if this world got the proper view of the savior if your family got the proper view of the savior jesus christ you wouldn't have the struggles that you have you wouldn't feel the pressures that you have i am convinced with every fiber in my body that jesus is the answer for the world today above him there is no other jesus is the way for i am the way the truth and the life I wonder what would happen if our lives became the tracks of the gospel instead of handing out the tracks that we have out in the bookshelves in the foyer. What would happen if we would quit passing out church cards and casual invites? And what would happen if we started praying for the waitress at the restaurant? What would happen if we started praying for the cashier at Target? What would happen if we quit talking and we started doing? Our problem is not our God. Our problem is not our timidity. Our problem is that we don't do nothing. The reason we don't have miracles is because we do not believe. The reason your lost loved one is not saved is might be because you're not praying. Hear me tonight. If you do what the book says, you will see results. It is the law of the harvest. God is not a God that he should lie. You can stand on his word and rest assured of that. If you're thankful for that, why don't you give God praise? The solution to our world's problem is the irresistible God. I love my wife, and and, and, and she's irresistible to me. I, I, I can't resist her. I love her. I like to flirt with her. I like to talk with her. The, uh, 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 this afternoon at lunch was the first time, and I don't know how long that we got to sit beside each other and eat because we got all these babies. We've taken it upon ourselves to repopulate the earth. And so it's been a long time since we got to sit together. And my, grandparents, my parents were good grandparents today, and they and, and they held the babies at the restaurant so me and Kayla could sit beside each other and I got to hold her hand and I got to eat at the same time and it was awesome. I can't resist my wife. I love my wife but more than that I can't resist my God. I can't resist his goodness for me. He's a good God. He's irresistible. He's gracious. He's merciful and he's powerful. 
Oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Oh, taste and see tonight. Maybe you're doubting me. Maybe you're just sitting there looking at me like a who, you're just sitting there staring at me. But regardless, taste and see tonight. I'm not just saying words tonight. I'm not just screaming and sweating and spitting and acting like an idiot. But I've tasted of this man named Jesus and he's changed my life and I'll never be the same. And I challenge you tonight. I make the proposition, try Jesus. Try Jesus. It's not a product. It's better than anything you've ever had. The world needs The world needs Jesus. The world doesn't need the opinion of the church, but the world needs the God of the church. You hear me tonight? The world needs Jesus, and they want Jesus. I'm not up for debating people. I don't want to teach a Bible study so I can argue with someone who believes a different theology than I believe. I want to find somebody who's hungry. I want to find somebody who needs Jesus. My mind is made up. This book is right. I'm not trying to change my mind. I'm not trying to gain intellect, even though it would probably do me some good because I'm not that smart. I'm not trying to do that right now. That's not my mission. My mission is to tell this world about Jesus, and it's to inspire somebody to do it with me. I don't want to do it alone, and I know that you want to do it with me. Why don't we do it this year, church? What does hinder? What's holding you back? Whatever's holding you back, shake it loose. I bind every spirit of inferiority in the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit that tells us that we can't be a witness in the name of Jesus. I speak against condemnation in Jesus' name. I speak against fear in Jesus' name. You hear me tonight, devil. You are a liar and the father of all lies. This church is going to prosper. This gospel is going to prosper. This city will be saved. take a close look at the life of Jesus, you will discover that he spent more time with his disciples than anybody else. Even as time progressed, you would think that as they got more training, he would spend less time with them. But the more training that he gave them, the more time. He, as time progressed, he spent more and more and more time. Even Even as all this happened, he spent less time with the crowds and more time with the disciples. Let me challenge you tonight. Let me ask you the question, why would that be? And I really don't have the answer, but this is what I thought of. Maybe because building disciples and multiplying the gospel takes constant personal attention and focus from us towards the new convert. Maybe this is a process that doesn't happen overnight. Maybe you can't make disciples in the new newest and latest fad or program. Maybe making disciples doesn't mean you put a new convert in a new discipleship class and they're discipled. For so long we have done these things. We've thrown people in a class and said, oh, they're going to make it. But could it be that we need to start doing things God's way? Could it mean, could it be that we need to start spending our time with new converts? They don't need a class. They need real life teaching. They need real life experience. 
in the middle of their marital problems. They need to be able to pick up the phone and call any of you in this room, and you need to have the answer. I, I might not can fix your marital problems, but Jesus is the answer. This is me and my wife went through this hardship, and we didn't have the answers, but we made up in our mind that we're going to make it. Divorce is not an option, and, and we just and we just held hands, and we got down in front of the couch, and we knelt down, and we prayed, and God healed our marriage. You see, new convert, I don't know how God did it, but I can tell you that he did it. I don't know. I, 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 I can't tell you how it all happened because it happened so fast that God fixed my marriage. You can name a million situations, but we got to be ready, church family. We got to be ready for the babies that's coming. We got to get the house prepared. We got to do something. We can't just sit around and do nothing and expect something to happen. We can't sit around and do nothing and expect something to happen. For too long, so many of us, myself included, have just sat around believing, well, the harvest is going to come. I'm not going to have to do anything. Sinners are just going to walk in the door. I believe that's going to happen. But I also believe that it's not just going to happen all of it by itself. It's going to take work. Revival is spelled W-O-R-K. You hear me tonight. Don't pray, use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Use me me, Lord, but never answer the call to teach a Bible study. Don't pray if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me, but you never lift your finger to do anything. Don't pray those prayers unless you mean it. And then when you start feeling used, and then when you're burned out, don't get mad at God. You got what you asked for. I've said it so many times. When I get to heaven, I don't want to get there full of energy. I want to get there drained out. I want to get there tired. I want to know in my mind that I did everything I knew to do to reach those around me. You hear me tonight? I have consumed with a burden to reach this city. We must reach North Houston. We must reach Conroe. And we have to do it. Some things only come up by prayer and fasting. Maybe you don't have the burden that I have yet. Get on your knees. Maybe you haven't caught the vision of our pastor. Get on your knees. Maybe you're confused about what what you're supposed to do. Maybe you feel like God's telling you that you need to get busy. You need to have busy hands in the kingdom and you don't know what to do. Some things only come but by prayer and fasting. If you are reading the book, if you are praying to the God of the book, and if you are, de- if, and if you are denying yourself, you will get the answer. You cannot seek God and not get an answer from him. For every time I've called on God, he was there to answer. And for that, I am eternally thankful. I'm thankful for that I'm thankful for that tonight Today we see discipleship Is most often referred to as a program in the church That involves a weekly Bible study or a weekly class We limit discipleship to what happens in an hour's time in a classroom or a living room. But tonight, how can we accomplish in a few hours what took Jesus three years to accomplish? How Jesus only did it with 12 and it took him three years. We're not better than he is. We can't be more efficient than he was. I'm telling you, it's going to take work. We have to lose the God complex. We can't do it overnight. It's not possible by ourselves. 
yourself, but God can make a way. God can give you the strength when you're weary to keep on keeping on. Maybe you are weary tonight. Maybe that's what you're plagued with. I'm here to tell you, God can give you rest. God can give you peace. God can give you the rest that you need to fulfill his calling in your life. Think about this. Our version of discipleship is throwing someone in a class. Uh, then we think, oh, they're going to be good Christians uh, because this one-hour talk we're giving them. Uh, for years we've done this, not just this church, uh, but, uh, 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 but Christianity as a whole has done this. Uh, we've brought our friends to church. Uh, they've been saved. They've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence by speaking in tongues. Uh, they've been baptized in Jesus' name, and God has washed uh, their sins away. And then we've outsource discipleship to someone in the church that doesn't even know our friend. Uh, hear me tonight. Discipleship cannot be outsourced. Uh, if you witness to somebody and got them to church, uh, it's your responsibility to help disciple them. Uh, you can't outsource some things. Uh, you've built a relationship with that person. You've built trust with them. Uh, it cannot be outsourced. Uh, you hear me tonight. Uh, we have failed miserably in this. Uh, hundreds have received the Holy Ghost uh, at these altars over the last 24 years and we've lost them uh, because we failed in the discipleship process. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that it ends this year. Uh, the backdoor revival ends this year. Uh, if people get filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, I'm claiming that God can sustain them. Uh, if he can save them, uh, he can sustain them. Uh, you listen to me tonight. Uh, the backdoor revival is closed, uh, but the front doors are about to open up. Uh, it's going to happen. And it's not going to happen by itself. It's going to happen because you have been telling your friends and your family about this God of ours. Uh, you hear me tonight. Uh, making disciples is not an easy, it's not an easy process. Uh, it's not an assembly line. It's not like making a car. It's not like ordering a pizza at your favorite pizza joint. Uh, it takes time. Uh, no discipleship process is the same because uh, every person has different issues. Uh, every person has different hangups. Uh, every person has been hurt and different ways. We can't just develop one process and move people through it step by step. It sounds great and it looks great on paper, but it doesn't happen that way. You hear me tonight, church family. We've got to get busy hands in the kingdom. We have to be patient with the babies when they come in. They're going to have all kinds of legal issues. Our friends, my friends have, have all kinds of legal issues. They have all kinds of sin in their life. And I pray that God delivers them instantly. But if he doesn't, if they cannot submit their will and desire to God's desires, we've got to be patient with them. We have to. We have to work with the babies. We got to work with them. I don't know what all it means because every case will be different, but we have to be patient and we have to be willing to work. We have to be willing to wake up in the middle of the night and drive across town and pull the gun out of somebody's mouth because they're mad and they're angry and they just received the Holy Ghost, but the spiritual mud puddles have hit and they don't know what to do. You hear me tonight? This world doesn't need more police. This world doesn't need more laws. This world needs more of what you and I have. We can intervene in situations and situations change. We can intervene. Oh, I hit a wall right there. We can intervene. I believe that prayer still works. Prayer still changes things. It still works. Prayer's the answer. 
we've got to decide between the momentary applause of, of popular recognition of being the church that's growing super fast, uh, or we have to dedicate uh, ourselves. We have to dedicate our lives uh, to the reproduction process uh, and a long-term stability and the responsibility that comes along with that uh, of a church that lasts for generations. Uh, you see, this church is not meant to be just a flash by night. Uh, we're not supposed to be a one-hit wonder. I believe this church uh, is supposed to exist until the Lord comes back. As long as that may be, this city must have an apostolic church. And what are you doing to preserve this apostolic church in this city? I stand before you a young man. I'm 27 years old, but I'm already working on my legacy around this place. I'm working on what people are going to say about me after I'm dead and gone. I don't want people to say he was just a preacher that liked to scream and holler, but didn't like to work. I've come in this place and I cry and pray. I was in here at almost midnight last night. I had to do some work. And then I, I just started walking around and I was crying and praying. And Kayla called me. She was at home with the babies. And I, and I, and I missed a couple calls. And I told her, oh, baby, I'm just real busy. I'll be right home. But I was walking around praying. I was putting in work. Church family, we got to put in work in the spirit realm. We got to get on our knees. We have to pray and we have to fast. We got to do it. Uh, please know I don't say that uh, to put a badge on me because there's been more nights uh, that I laid at home in bed and slept and was lazy and was surfing Facebook or Twitter instead of uh, walking around these altars. Uh, but you hear me tonight. Uh, we've got to do something. We can't sit by idly anymore. There's a city that needs uh, this message. Uh, there's a family that needs uh, this message. Uh, tonight in this city, there was someone with a needle in their arm as I talk. Uh, there was someone with a bottle in their hand. There's a family that's talking about going to the courthouse and getting divorce papers. They don't need a divorce. That person with a needle in their arm doesn't need a drug. That person with a bottle in his hand doesn't need alcohol. They need Jesus. They need the blood of Jesus. That's what they need. They need Jesus. Help us tonight, Lord. Help us tonight to make disciples. Help us to quit serving you for our own desires. Uh, help us to quit satisfying our own personal desires. Why don't you just lift your hands right here? I believe the Lord wants to minister in this moment. I believe the Lord can call somebody to preach in this moment. I believe the Lord can change the destiny of a family in this moment. We can't go any further. I don't know why, but we got to stop right now. Somebody lift your voice right now. In this moment, in this moment, uh, in this moment, a prayer warrior can be born. In this moment, a soul winner can be born. Oh, God. Oh, God, help us. Help me, oh, God. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh God. Come on, there's a couple more that haven't joined in in this moment. What would happen if we all unified in prayer in this moment? What would happen if we all agreed as one church family? What would happen? Oh God. Oh God. I believe somebody can be delivered in this moment. 
Secret addiction and secret sin can leave in this moment. We pause right now and we wait on you. We wait on you right now, God. We're in need of your touch. We're in need of your touch, oh God. Help us tonight, Jesus. Come on, let's wait on the Lord, church family. The Lord wants to move right now, and the devil wants to set distraction. And I, I want everybody to stand on their feet right now. Help us, Jesus. Oh, God. You've been timid for too long. Lord's knocking on somebody's heart tonight. Answer the call. Answer the call tonight. <laughs> 